This is exactly right. Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I am Dr. Dan, your host. And let me tell you about Parent Footprint, where our mission is to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. At Parent Footprint, we believe the key to raising happy, healthy, and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same, seek our own happiness, our own health, our own engagement. And we firmly believe that awareness is the foundation for you to create your vision of successful parenting. And with this increased awareness and intention, we can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint on our children. Today's topic is directly related to leaving a healthy footprint on our kids as we are all living in this social experiment called technology and the internet. Today's show is called Ain't You Got No Manners? Should You Be Friends with Your Kids on Social Media? And we're going to learn about this from our expert guest and author, Kristen Johnson. Kristen is a prize-winning writer, blogger, ghostwriting and creative writing consultant, screenwriter, and editor. She's a graduate of the former Master of Professional Writing Program from the University of Southern California, and she has published and collaborated on seven books. Her current book, which we're going to talk about, Ain't You Got No Manners, has been called The Bible for Social Media. Kristen is a member of the Desert Screenwriters Guild, Society of Children's Books and Illustrators, and Palm Springs Women in Film and Television. Kristen, welcome to our show today. Thank you, Dr. Dan. It is a pleasure to be here. This, I've been very much looking forward to this topic. This is a topic that is in my household with three uh, teenagers daily and in just about comes into play in just about every session I have with a client every day throughout the week. So I hear you. How old are your kids? uh, 14, 16, and 18. Oh, boy. So you are in the social media trenches. You are in the digital Snapchatting, texting, emoji, uh, Instagram, uh, Finsta, <laughs> Rinsta, the whole, yes. the whole nine yards. The Finsta. We'll have to talk about the Finsta because I think a lot of parents, oh God, unfortunately, yeah. do not know about the Finsta. So, hey, guys, stay tuned they for don't. the Finsta. They don't. You need to know this. Okay, so, Kristen, how did... Given you know all of your experience um, in writing, and how did how did you stumble or not stumble on this topic and this book and become an expert in this? So I had started an etiquette book uh, several years ago. Uh, it was a collaborative project that unfortunately didn't work out and languished in the proverbial drawer. And then my editor fished it out um, years later and said, "You know what?" We should still do a manners book, but we should update it. And I and this was 2015 when social media was just, I mean, it already had exploded. But obviously, this was when the uh, 2016 presidential campaign was really heating up. We had all the 
social media stories breaking that way. And it was just an incredible time. And look what what has happened in the three years since then with all the revelations about Facebook and everything and Twitter and YouTube, so, so many things, Google. So really, it came about because social media as a topic I knew was not going away. And my editor and I needed to update some of the stuff in the book because when we at the time of the original writing, uh, cell phones were not as prevalent as they were. Uh, Facebook was still a gleam in Mark Zuckerberg's eye. Steve Jobs hadn't even come out with iPhone. So it was really an, a ripe time. There are time, it's all a question of timing in life, yep. and especially with book writing. Yeah, you know it. You've written your book from warrior, from warrior <laughs> to warrior. You got that right. Yep. Yep, you know the, the timing uh, for books. There's just nothing like getting the right timing. And about that time that I was think, conceiving of this project, my late mother, uh, who was a children's author herself and librarian, she said, you know, email programs have a save button, they have a send button, but they should have a think button, as in, do you really want to post that? And I, and I said, yeah, that's the whole theme of the book. So that's mm. really how the, I embarked on this social media journey and just really exploring the wilds of the internet. And I have, and I'm not a parent myself, disclaimer, but I, but I am an aunt and I do have two teenagers in my life. So that definitely played a role. And so... Was there a big aha for you when you dove into this? I mean, something that just like surprised or smacked you in the face as you dove into this this huge world? I think how pervasive it is. Even the pleasant stuff like posting pictures of food and posting uh, pleasant stu- pictures of pleasant events and things like that, just how compelled we are by the phones and the devices and the internet. And and on the other side of it, there are people that just say, I don't want to have anything to do with social media. And I just don't understand what all the fuss is about. And then there are people that have quit social media for various reasons. And there's just a whole host of research on, I mean, you know, you see this every day, you have, you talk to your clients, you you research, you read the studies, there's the picture of what social media is doing to the society, good and bad, is still evolving, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. Um, social media is, uh, it's here to stay, as you said, and there's uh, there's the positive aspects, and we know more and more research is coming out about also there are some negative aspects too. So what, I guess I want to, I guess I want to ask you straight on as we unpack this, you know, the subtitle of today's talk is, should you be friends with your kids on social media? And there's a lot of, there's different views on that. So what do you think? I think that every parent has to set their own guidelines and every parent has to determine what is right for them knowing their child. And also, but studies I've read said, yeah, absolutely. But one thing I have learned being in, being the, uh, aunt of two teenagers, uh, one thing I've learned from them and all their friends is you can friend your kids on social media, but 
but absolutely do not go and friend all their friends on social media. That is a big no-no. Big Unless taboo. you know their friends really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like I'm unless uh, you have a relationship with them or your child says it's okay, because it just kind of looks stalkerish. It looks like helicopter parenting. It, it And they will definitely just shut down and they'll get blowback from their friends. And really, honestly, most parents probably don't have the time to sift through all those social media accounts and updates and so-and-so and what their, what their kids were doing and, and what their kids' friends are doing. But Friends with the kids on social media, probably okay, but friends with all their friends, proceed with caution. Right. And you know, when my wife and I um, have this chat a lot, we think about, okay, you know, we know Duna, lots lots of people who read their kids' texts and um, do have a requirement of they need to be friends with their kids on their varying social media accounts in order for them to have it. And we're, and we, we get, we're conflicted because we say, you know, gosh, if our parents were listening to our two hour long phone calls in our day and our parents were reading our notes that we were passing back and forth to our friends, like what an invasion of our privacy and how much, you know, how much stuff that maybe we didn't want them to see or hear did we work out during in those modalities? So how do you, draw the line, which is what is being respectful of privacy, but also being hypervigilant and aware of some of the negatives that transpire over social media? Well, that is a really great question. And again, I think a lot of parents have to set that for for themselves. A lot, all, obviously, every child is different. Obviously, you don't want to uh, invade and infringe on their privacy too much. And you don't and again they should have that space with their with their friends to be able to have their have their texting and things like that and and social media and so on but the thing is you are never go probably never going to know everything that your kid is doing anyway on social media or or texting because kids are smart we talked about Finsta uh, with, mm-hmm. with the uh, fake Instagram. Kids will find a way to duck parent scrutiny. I think that's just a kid thing. It's a rite of passage. It's just, and honestly, you're right. There are things that we wouldn't want have wanted our parents to open and read our diaries back when right. kids still kept diaries. Mine had the little had the little strawberries on it with a lock on it, but um, we wouldn't we wouldn't have wanted that so i wonder if the is this any different obviously if there's something that you, they really need to know if there's if there's bullying going on and things like that or i mean i mean serious cyber bullying and threats and so on but again where do you draw the line between what's what's a threat and what's a, just a kid that doesn't really understand the gravity of this technology I mean, where do you draw the line between that? I think one of your guests talked about it. I think Katie Hurley talked about it, where some right. of it is just a lack of social skills and some and some of it may not be genuine bullying. 
Right. And um, for everyone listening, again, just to reiterate, one of your um, things that you might be learning today is what a finsta is. I was taught this by my youngest in a very matter-of-fact way. Yeah, Dad, everyone has a finsta. That is a fake Instagram, and that is so they can be whoever they want to be and post whatever they want to post on this thing that you don't have access to when you have access to their other thing. So again, we were all sneaky, they're sneaky too. Taking a step back here, Kristen, so Parent Footprint, as you know, um, one of our main premises is our kids are always watching, our kids are always hearing, um, we are their role models, and they're absorbing everything we do. So it's, Isn't um, that the be- truth? Right. So we are the models, and social media consumption, usage, manners um, we have to set the tone in our homes. So when it comes to manners in social media, what do you recommend to parents, to adults? Oh, gosh, I there's there's just so much. I think that to be to be educated, but not be inundated and and to just be aware of stuff like like Finsta and also to be to realize that. One of the I was talking to uh, one of my friends who happens to be a parent, and and she said reminded me that one of the things that she would advise is that kids need to know that what you post is out there forever. You you really can't take it back. But at the same time, they know that, but I'm not sure they really know that if if that makes sense. It does, and from a brain development perspective. Adolescents don't fully understand absolute over, um, they don't understand absolute consequences that can't be changed, which is why the adolescent brain is primed to do things in the moment that might not be the best idea. And with that, <laughs> is this, this issue comes right into play because anytime, anywhere, you can say and do anything um, and then press send. And what we know from some famous people and TV and movie stars who do that um, in the middle of the night and don't think it through. It has some very negative consequences on their well, personal and Kevin professional Hart. life. I mean, look at Kevin Hart with the with the Oscars. He said some things yes. years ago, and I'm and you know he's apologized and everything. And somebody, I was on another podcast, and somebody mentioned, "Is there?" I mean, can't we all get a statute of limitations for how long ago you said something stupid? Because everybody has said something stupid on the Internet. And I think as adults, we need to sort of stop obsessing over that, obsessing over everything and treating it like it's an emergency. While at the same time and just um, saying, oh, did you see what so-and-so celebrity did said that I said how could he say that and things like that and just really not to have a, have a knee-jerk reaction to to everything because we've all made mistakes and think and I think a lot of us are, are grateful that we that social media was not around when we were growing up and it's just kind of I kind of a different world and you you probably can think of a lot of experiences in your own life where you're very grateful. Gee, I'm glad nobody had a camera phone. Oh, absolutely. And I know, unfortunately, through um, several of my 
teenage clients over the years since having these camera phones is these pictures that go viral um, can literally force someone to have to move schools and move out of the area in certain um, situations with with it's with a terrible are, situation it's terrible so what so adults so what your mom said I, i'm just thinking one of the main things is like we need to pause and think no matter how old we are before we hit send is that oh, you're not kidding. One of your main manners here? That is one of the main manners. Just even even with email. I mean, it, it, it one of the theses in the book is that it extends to that internet manners extend to every part of our texting, emailing, things like that. Because you can't say, well, I'm great on texting, but I but I'm horrible on email manners because you don't know where that email is going to be is going to be shared. You don't know where anything is going to be shared. We're talking about uh, the Finsta accounts, and they think they're they're uh, private, but somebody can screenshot it and share it to the internet, and and uh, that's uh, and not to scare our kids to death, but that's uh, they need to be aware that that's what what could potentially happen. And Snapchat, which is. Um you know, Snapchat and um, Instagram seem like are among the two largest platforms these days. I mean, that For teenagers, started yeah. as a yeah, and it started as a um, sexting, basically a sexting app, um, which has evolved into social media and still sometimes used for that, right? To capture images of someone else, and the idea was, oh no, these just kind of slip away, and uh, they're only there for five seconds, but then all of a sudden people are taking pictures uh, of them. true. Right. Yeah. So tell us about what your research has shown about that technology. Well, it's interesting because I also review books for Amazon, and uh, I read a wonderful book called Parent Alert that uh, I highly recommend. It's called Parent Alert, and it gives a wonderful guideline to social media and very balanced. And it was written by two um, journalists and it's just an incredible book. And they wrote it with a security expert and they talked about one of them. They had a video where that went viral where one of their daughters realized that Snapchat will track your location so that's another thing that people need to be aware of, that these apps are tracking your location, whether you're aware of it or not. So you really have to be cautious about what's being shared and what's being shared about you. And so everything is being saved these days, right? I mean, it seems like what we've learned about Facebook and Google and all of the others that you mentioned. I Alexa. Mean, everything we – Alexa, right. Everything technologically based – um, is tracking and storing what we do. Mm -hmm. As um, and these free platforms are not necessarily free. As Mark Goodman, who said, who's the author of Future Crimes, writes, "You're not the consumer; you're the product." So that's something that uh, we need to be able to aware of in our own life, because all that information can also reveal stuff about our kids and and. There, and that's a safety issue that gets into an entirely different conversation, how to be safe online and how to make sure that we're not revealing too much about our, our kids and how they're not revealing too much. So, but unfortunately, I mean, it's an ever changing situation with these machines and 
the internet, uh, the constant stimulation in our brain, it's sort of rewiring our brain. They call that brain hacking. So it's kind of like that pause and think button is even more important in our daily life. So what do you think are the, from your research on this book, and I know people are going to go out and read it, so I'm asking you just to give them these teasers here, is what, you know, what are the, what are your biggest takeaways about how do we have manners in this new millennia of, um, for ourselves and what we're to be modeling to our kids? Well, one of the things in the book is I, I say, uh, iOS DOS, which is kind of the old operating system, I operate smart, don't operate stupid, and just be able to think and pause and realize that we're on camera most of the time. We're on camera or recording through camera cameras, and even if things are, even if we're not sharing things, things are being shared about us, and just to be respectful. A lot of it is about being respectful. And of course, you know, you sound off online when, whenever you get a bad experience on Yelp, you post a, a review uh, just to warn people and things like that. But just be mindful. Just you have tremendous power is, I think, what I would say. You have tremendous power and to power of choice and just Always be mindful of that power and also let your kids be mindful of that. I, what, what do you teach your, your teenagers? I mean, obviously they teach you a great deal like the Finsta, but, but what, <laughs> right. what do you guys teach each other about social media? Well, we do. Um, we w- try to walk the balance of privacy and trust. So here's the, the one thing that I was thinking about as um, the argument of, um, well, we need to read everything, and it's not you we don't trust, it's other people, and um, savvy mm-hmm. kids, our kids will say, well, that, that argument doesn't make sense, because if you're trusting me, you're trusting me to use this responsibly and know what to walk away from and what not to do. And so what we've learned as parents is, yeah, you got to be really authentic and genuine and not come in with a controlling or over-restrictive approach and talk about this in a way that does talk about the reality of um, choice and what happens when people make bad choices and how they stick with people. And uh, fortunately and unfortunately, our kids all know people who've made some very bad choices with social media. And so, you know, there's lots of examples around. How did they respond to that? How did they respond to that? Uh in mixed ways, it depends on our approach. You know, you get from I know, I know, I know to um, to listening with open eyes when when we've been able to give some real examples, which are unfortunately tragic. Um, so it just depends, you know, with teenagers, it just depends when you um, what kind of mood they're in and how um, receptive they are. And um, and also what we found is that they often know more about this stuff than we do. So you have to be careful about coming in as an expert on something when we might not have as much information as they do about these platforms. Well, I think that's true. And also being, being a, of a willingness to learn, to learn about the platforms. And also I think the analogy is, and someone told me this the other day, the analogy is that they don't want to be questioned to death because 
the thing is, and that's our impulse as parents, because it's, it's like, how was your day? And then they say, oh, it was good and things like that. And I want to pepper them with a million questions, but that's not always going to going to go over very well. And or who was at the party? Did you have, how was a party fun? That kind of thing. Same thing with social media. So if you if you ask them, oh, what's happening on Instagram or or things like that, maybe they give an answer, and you don't pepper them with twenty million questions about what's going on in on their Instagram exit. And if they say, oh, so I I cannot even believe what so and so posted. I I I cannot even believe that they posted that or something like that. Or they they say something like, did you? did you see what the Kardashians posted? And then maybe you have a little bit of conversation about that, but probably not an interrogation. It's kind of best to let them come to you sometimes. You're right. You're right. Interrogation, in my experience, uh, personally and professionally, never, uh, rarely ever works with a teenager. Um, The other thing that I was thinking about, uh, Kristen, is this thing about social media is feeling uh, like you're going to be behind and not in the know if you're not constantly responding to Snapchat or breaking a streak or you're not on Insta and seeing what everyone's doing. It seems like it brings this, um, I'm going to be left behind. Anxiety, exactly. Yeah. Oh, completely. Because you think, oh, I should respond to that like or those likes or or so-and-so comment on my, on my photo, I should respond. Well, there's no should. I mean, it's not a, it's not a national emergency. And sometimes you can just, you know, respond with a like or a heart and things like that. And while that's no substitute for real communication. And I think that that's another thing that is helpful to keep in mind is it's supplementing communication. It's not a substitute for communication. I think uh, Katie Hurley talked about that. It's it's not a substitute for hanging out. And that's true for us as well as for them. Because sometimes it's just easier in our busy lives to to text someone and not really pick up the phone. And there are sometimes when when texting just really works better, say if someone's traveling or whatever, but in person contact is nice too. And it's very, yep. very uh, yep. to be treasured. Yes. And so as we are getting very close to the parent footprint moment question, I have one more pre-question for you, which is if you could give one piece of advice to adults who also happen to be parents about how to manage social media and um, model good manners, what would that one thing be? I would say that even though you can't sometimes can't put the phones away during dinner and have a phone free zone, sometimes that's just what's needed for everybody to just unplug. And it's not always doable in 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 this world, but just for a little while, just to have everybody be free from the constant devices and things like that, because unless it's for work or or what have you nothing is so terribly urgent so just to have a little bit of a moment where i know people that say oh you know device free dinner you have to surrender your 
devices at the at the door or something like that. And that may be doable, but that may be desirable, but it's not yes. necessarily um, something that you can insist on all the time. Like no devices at the table ever. I mean, there has to be kind of a balance. So a break every once in a while, meals being a good place for a break. Sounds like have some flexibility, but definitely have some time away from the devices and the media. Uh, for everybody concerned. Everyone. And I'm guilty of this, too. I'm, I'm, I don't write anything in this about this in this book that I'm absolutely um, scot-free, on, scot-free on because I've been known to be attached to my phone. So it's kind <laughs> of like it's a learning experience. Yes. I think we all have that. So it's sort of a learning experience for me, as I continue this journey of researching social media, it's just a learning experience for me and a reminder to, to keep learning and to keep relearning. Yes, this is an experience, a journey, and an experiment for all of us. Okay, Kristen, it is time for your Parent Footprint Moment question. And the question is, tell us about a time when you became aware of yourself as an individual or as an aunt. And that new awareness had a positive impact on your family. Well, I think for me, I we hear a lot about helicopter parenting. And with, with the teenagers in my life, and even before they were teenagers, I always thought I had to be the helicopter person, making sure everything was okay, making sure I was paying enough attention to them, things like that, because you you just want to be be involved and spend as much time with them as possible but the thing is you can't force that time you and and sometimes you just have to let them come to you and when i learned that when i did that it it completely changed the relationship because they they know that you're there for them they know that you love them mm-hmm. and whether or not they constantly sh- show it and I have some wonderful handwritten notes and cards from that I treasure from both these kids that makes me aware of just the bond that we share. Whether they express it or not, they're aware of it, and they will come to you, and it, it will happen. And some of the best moments that I've had with them have been totally spontaneous, and they even teach me about uh, teach me about my iPhone you know we we watch YouTube videos we share YouTube videos and they were absolutely excited about the book and they even uh, contributed their thoughts to the book which was great because then it was a family affair so I think my parent footprint my my aha moment as it were was just realizing not to be a helicopter parent or aunt or or whatever, mm-hmm. and just let things happen. Wonderful, and it takes uh, it takes trust, faith, and courage to actually take a step back and do that. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I know that uh, several of us have um, have that same uh, struggle to do so, and uh, I agree with you. It often creating the space particularly with our teenagers, is often the thing that they need most. And ironically, they will actually come to seek you out if they have that space. (laughs) 
Okay, Kristen, thank you so much for talking to us today about this very hot topic of social media. Your book, Ain't You Got No Manners, uh, where can people find this and your the rest of your stuff? Well, uh, and, I, and I have to mention that Ain't You Got No Manners won the Nonfiction Authors Association Nonfiction Book Award Bronze Award in the Computer Technology category in, for 2018. So I'm very excited about that. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, there's augnm.com, which is my blog site and has more information about the book. There's kristenjohnson.net, my author site, k-r-i-s-t-i-n-j-o-h-n-s-o-n.net. And they can also Amazon and there's also uh, Smashwords where they can buy the ebook too. Excellent. Everyone, go and get this great information, and let's all uh, do our best to be responsible as we use this technology and we consider this really important and challenging situation, should we be friends with our kids on social media. (laughs) All right. We will keep thinking about that. All right, everyone, thanks for listening today. I ask you to consider being the person you want your child to become. Let's model how we want them to live by doing it ourselves with engagement, with passion, with health. Check us out at www.parentfootprint.com where you know you can find our Parent Footprint Awareness Training, which is designed to create your vision of successful parenting. And as always, think about the question I ask myself every morning. What footprint do you want to leave 